My name is Michael Sag. I am a professor of medicine in the Department of Medicine, and I am the director of the UAB Center for AIDS Research. The subject is UAB. This is UAB Memories, where we get nostalgic and share the memories people have made over the years at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. I'm Will Shingleton, producer and host of the Memories Podcast. And in today's Memories, we're doing something a little different. And to understand what I mean by that, we need to give you a little look behind the curtain. For most of the stories that we collect, it takes a lot of work between the actual recording taking place and the episode about it getting on the airwaves. There's usually a lot of editing and writing that has to be done as well as some clever arranging and rearranging of clips to help make everything make sense. But every once in a while, you get somebody in the booth that takes care of most of the legwork for you. And Dr. Michael Sag is definitely one of those people. Dr. Sag is a professor at the UAB Medical School and the director of the Division of Infectious Diseases, best known for his contribution to HIV and AIDS research. He's written more than 260 articles on the subject, contributed numerous chapters to medical textbooks, and in Birmingham, He founded the 1917 Clinic, the city's first center completely devoted to treating the AIDS virus. Dr. Sag shared the incredible story of that clinic's founding with us, and in a UAB Memories First, we are going to let him tell it completely uninterrupted. And just as a quick warning, there is some pretty mature subject matter in here, but the story of Dr. Sag's first couple of years at UAB is worth every second that he was willing to give us, because he told it a lot better than I ever could. So if you don't mind, and I'm quite sure that most of you don't, I'm going to take a step back for a little while and let Dr. Sag take over from here. I came here in 1981 as a resident. I wanted to be a cardiologist. I came here from Louisville, and I knew a lot about the cardiology program here, and I thought, well, this would be a great place to do training Uh, Midway through my first year, I discovered that the world didn't need another bald Jewish cardiologist, so I decided that I would go into infectious diseases. Ironically, the month that I graduated medical school in June of 1981 was precisely the month that the first AIDS cases were described. Obviously, that's coincidence, but it did set the stage ultimately for the beginning of my story. As I finished my training in internal medicine, I looked at programs to do infectious diseases, but I got diverted for an extra year that I call my remedial year of training to be a chief resident. During that year, I worked with Claude Bennett. Claude was the Department of Medicine chair at that time, but he had moved here in the early 1970s from Caltech, where he had discovered the Dreyer-Bennett hypothesis of two genes, one polypeptide theory, which is probably worthy of a Nobel Prize that didn't happen. But Claude is an extraordinary individual who I spent that year getting not only to know him well and work with him, but every Tuesday we would have meetings. And I called it my Tuesdays with Claude. And he would describe all kinds of things from science to politics to the world of medicine. At the end of that year, he took me and the other chiefs to Washington, D.C. for the AAP-ASCI meeting, which is kind of the who's who of people in the world of science, especially science and medicine. So think if you were a film nut going to the Academy Awards, and everywhere you turn, there's a guy or a woman who edited a textbook or wrote a landmark paper. At that meeting... 
there were two investigators out of Bob Gallo's lab at the National Cancer Institute who were engaged in the original discovery of HIV as the cause of AIDS, who Claude and Al Labulio had just recruited to UAB. I met George Shaw uh, at that meeting, and I met Beatrice Hahn a little bit later, but they both moved here in July of 1985. And this meeting that I was referring to, the ASCI meeting with Claude, was in May of 1985. So June, July of 1985, I start my residency, sorry, my fellowship here in infectious diseases, and I'm in my very, very first clinic. And there's a woman who's on my list to see, and she had donated blood every year in May, uh, just as a matter of course. She's a 34-year-old woman from Gadsden who's school teacher, monogamous, no other partners except her husband, and she, they had two children. And she donated in May. And it so happened that in May of 1985 was exactly the first time that the blood supply was being tested for the antibodies to HIV. And lo and behold, in June, she gets this shocking letter from the Red Cross saying, your blood tested positive for the AIDS virus, go see your doctor. Well, the doctor in Gadsden didn't know quite what to do, so they sent him to the expert, me, one week into my fellowship. And so I took a history, and but I knew that George Shaw and Beatrice Hahn had just moved here, and they were in the lab where the virus was discovered, so I called him up, went over the story, and they invited me up to their lab after I'd drawn blood from the patient, basically hooked her up, felt like the wall suction, and just drew all the blood that she had. Uh, she probably needed a transfusion after that, and took the blood upstairs. And long story short, we evaluated this, and we determined that this was a false positive test for HIV. She was not really infected with HIV, but rather the blood test had made a mistake. So we published this as a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine and that was published in November of 1985. So here I am, uh, what, four months into my fellowship, and I've got a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine. The next story plays from that because in the course of working on this with George Shaw and Beatrice Hahn, they invited me into their lab for what would be a six-month stint. Now, as background, I had no interest in doing academic medicine whatsoever. I was going to be going back to Louisville, my hometown, and doing private practice ID. As I went into the lab, there was a project where I would study one sample from a patient who estimated himself, the patient, that he had 1,500 different sexual partners, and he had worked in a bathhouse in Los Angeles. So the question on the table was, can we determine whether this individual had one virus that he was originally infected with, or was he super infected with other strains? You figure out of 1,500 exposures at that time, roughly half of his exposures probably were infected. So that was our question. So I went into the lab. I did a technique called Southern Blot and determined that there were multiple viruses in this guy's bloodstream at one time. So you think, okay, case solved is a uh, multiple infections and super infection. But no, when you look carefully at this, what we discovered 
was that the virus was a swarm of viruses that it came from an original single infection. But as the immune system responded to the presence of the virus, the virus mutated into different forms of itself to escape, sort of like cat and mouse. And this was an important finding that led to the discovery of what's called the quasi-species nature of HIV. And it's a reason why we have such difficulty finding a vaccine, because you can vaccinate against one, but one tweak and a little part of the virus could mean that that virus could infect where the vaccine wouldn't protect. So that turned into two nature papers. So here I am in my first year at UAB in this magical place, I would call it the magic kingdom of medicine, and I'm having incredible good fortune, which leads me to the main point of the story. In December of 86, this is now one and a half years into my fellowship, Beatrice was invited to give a talk out at San Francisco General Hospital, but she couldn't go. So she sent me instead a fellow. I mean, I didn't know any difference. Sure, I'll go. No big deal. San Francisco General Hospital was the epicenter of clinical care for AIDS in the world. They were the first to have a dedicated HIV inpatient unit and HIV outpatient unit, founded originally by Paul Volberding and Merle Sandy. So I took advantage of the opportunity of going out there to present the information about the HIV quasi-species and some other stuff we were doing in the lab. But I made a point of going around to every person who worked in that HIV outpatient clinic and I met with about 15 different people that day, and I had just had one question. If you guys were starting over again to build an HIV clinic, what would you design it? How would you design it? What would you put in it? What would you make sure it did? It took lots of notes. And I came back, and over the course of the next month and a half, I synthesized all this and came up with the idea for a dedicated UAB HIV AIDS outpatient clinic. Now remember, I'm now in my second year of fellowship and I have the audacity to propose an AIDS clinic in the middle of Birmingham, Alabama at a time when there was a lot of fear about AIDS and, and there were some people who were few, who were naysayers. But I put it together, all this stuff together in a white paper and I took it back to Claude Bennett who now is still chair of medicine, I was probably three or four minutes into my presentation when Claude said, stop, this is what we're going to do. We're going to open up an AIDS clinic. You're going to be in charge. We're going to bring you on faculty. Here's some startup money. I have an idea for the space. It's going to be at 1917 Fifth Avenue South. And just try not to run in the red. And that's how the HIV clinic was born here. That's why it's called the 1917 clinic, because it was a street address. I didn't want to call it the AIDS clinic. I didn't want to call it this special infection clinic. It was the 1917 clinic, and it's still there today. And the mission statement of the clinic was based on the concept that we would take care of patients, patient care, that we would have... Uh, social service and case management, and we would have research, uh, community outreach, and provider education. And that's still the five-fold mission statement that we have. What's unique about our clinic, 
based on the input from San Francisco, is that the research has three components. One is clinical trials, and most every, most every HIV clinic in the world could do clinical trials, not so special. But what was special, from day one, we had a database on every patient that we took care of, and we collected specimens from those individuals and stored them in a repository. And that repository still exists today and still collects specimens. And things that were came out of this were like the first use of viral load in the world was here because of the input that we got from San Francisco General and the vision that people like Claude Bennett had to embrace the idea of a crazy, wild-eyed, second-year fellow in infectious diseases and make that become a reality here. I'll finish my story with a very moving comment, uh, experience I had. So here I am, a second-year fellow. We get this clinic idea uh, approved, and it's perhaps March after that um, January, February of 87 when I went to Claude. And I'm walking on the corner of University Boulevard and 19th Street, and I'm going north. And on the opposite corner is Scotty McCallum, who was the president of UAB at the time, headed towards what used to be Mortimer Jordan Hall, right on the corner there of 19th and University, where the Shelby building is now. And we're walking across the crosswalks, and he points at me. I'm like, how does this, how does the president of UAB know who I'm a fellow, for God's sakes, in infectious diseases? And he says, you. And I said, me? And he goes, yeah, you. So he waves me over, and I go over, and he goes, I just want to shake your hand. What you're doing with this HIV thing is special. And if I can do anything to help you, you let me know. My door's always open for you. So to me, that's UAB, a magical place where vision becomes reality. So there you have it. In 13 minutes or less, the beginnings of one of the most important contributions UAB has made to the medical community, all started by a fellow from Louisville, Kentucky. The clinic is still fulfilling the mission they set out for it back in the 80s, bringing in specialists from all over the city and running clinical trials to better understand the virus and how to treat it. Their goal, in their own words, is to become a one-stop shop for HIV-AIDS patients, with experts in nutrition, dermatology, endocrinology, and counseling available to work with patients at the clinic. Dr. Sag was the right man in the right place at the right time to make the clinic happen. And he's a testament to what can be accomplished if you're willing to listen to the needs of people around you. I'm Will Shingleton, and I'm glad to have been almost completely useless in this episode, because today's memories are all about putting others first and going the extra mile to make their lives better. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating. This whole project is designed to bring people into what UAB has to offer. And ratings and reviews are a big step in that direction. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another UAB memory.